What's up, everybody? It's Bradley from the Insurance Guys Podcast here. Wanted to do something special for you guys. You know, reviews and specifically five star reviews are literally oxygen to Scott and I. Those are what keeps us going. And we wanted to start rewarding you guys that leave reviews on Apple or any of the other various platforms. So we wanted to do something special where we read a review every week or at least try to read a review every week. So I'm going to do the first one here. This is from Chad Andrews. Chad says, great resource for agents. They have great chemistry. Insurance is a dry subject, but they managed to make it entertaining. Have picked up a lot of actionable info from listening. Chad, you have no idea how much that means to us. Yes, insurance is the driest subject on the face of the planet, and we are super happy that we are not putting everybody to sleep. Chad, do me a favor. DM me your address in any way possible, and we'll send you something special. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys Podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's podcast, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, Parade First Team All-American Rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? I'm great, Scott. How are you today? I'm fan-super-tastic, guys. We have got a special show for you today. This is probably what, Bradley, the first show in I don't even know how long. That probably you, almost a year as far as recording. Yeah. First yeah. show in almost a year that Bradley and I are going to do together. With no guest. With no guest. We don't do that very often. I'm excited because these shows that we do together seem to get a lot of good response, and I'm excited to be a part of it. So, Bradley, I got to ask you, the year of our Lord is now 2020, <laughs> and the clock has turned over talk to the audience today sit down in my delorean and we're going to go on a very short ride to 2019 and tell us about what happened with bradley flowers and portal insurance in 2019 that's a big question that's a big big question so the last time scott and i did an episode together with just both of us we were, I think, announcing that that I had opened that. I hadn't told anyone. So we are now, actually, a year ago today, I quit my job, quit my old agency. Happy anniversary. Uh, thank you. Can't believe it's been a year. A year in March will be a year from when we actually opened. But, you know, in short... We have done a lot of things right, fortunately. We've done more things right than we've done wrong. We had a goal of X amount of premium. And I, I don't think premium growth is everything. You know, I'd rather have the most profitable agency than the most premium. Sometimes those two correlate. Sometimes they don't. You know, now that I've done it a year, I know how to write a crap ton of premium that's not profitable if I wanted to. But when you're a scratch agency with not a lot of money, one of the only things you can measure is is premium growth. And so we had a goal of X amount of premium by March 1st of 2020. We hit that in November. Mm. So we were ahead of that. And I knew it was a big goal, but I knew that it was very, very doable. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of in the back of my head, my goal was actually to do it by the end of the year. This year, our goal is double that in new business, which I think is really doable. You know, I've lucked into some really, really good hires. We've got a great team right now. Overall, I mean, things went great. Learned a lot, but I was probably, next to Ryan Hanley, I was probably the most prepared person on the face of the planet to open an independent agency, right. and you're, you're probably right there too. And I don't mean that arrogantly. I mean, I just, I essentially had an MBA for 18 months talking to the top 50 independent agents in the world. Right. So it's good, man. It's good. So in that process of going through this last year, the trials, the tribulations, the good times and the bad. So how many people did you hire that are no longer? Because I know when you're a scratch agency and even, you know, uh, most agencies, you know, they, they hire people, people leave, people yeah. get fired. How much of that did you have this last year? We had three. Three. three that I've hired that really actually Just didn't I mean, work out. I, mean, I guess four or actually five. Sorry. Uh, the, the reason I say it like that is I had, so I had one person that I hired that are two people that I hired that never made it to opening day. One of those still sort of was sort of working for me. One of them just got another job. Wasn't that big of a deal. The other one was kind of working for me before I opened and we never made it to opening day. I had three more that I'd let go that all are great people. All, you know, I would hug. They walked in the door right now. It would be a warm conversation, but it just wasn't a good fit. And 
One thing I've learned, and I hope I don't get any criticism for saying this, one of the biggest things I've learned, you know, I always... I like the story of an underdog. Right. I used to play a lot of golf. You'd like to, to bet on golf and, you know, play your buddy for a dollar or whatever. And I always was the guy that I would say, hey, I'll bet you 10 bucks that I can I can hit the ball on the green from this ridiculous spot. Like, I was right. always that guy. And I'm kind of like that in business, too. Like, I'll take the short end of the stick, you know. But one thing I've learned with hiring, at least, right, at least when you don't have any money to burn, is don't try to make somebody something that they're not. Mm. And don't try to find a diamond in the rough. Just right. look for the diamonds. Right, right. You know, right. like I'm not just making that up to sound good. That's one of the biggest things I've learned this year is like, you know, don't try to find somebody that is, you know, just a bad situation, but is in terms of their job, but is a really, really good person. I mean, if somebody's working, you know, at an agency that you would not have your insurance at, you probably don't need to hire them. So that's kind of been my story with with hiring and firing. That being said, I have right now three amazing people who are working for me in-house. I have an awesome, awesome VA that is a part of our team. And I have two external producers that are that have other jobs, but that happen to be PNC licensed that are writing business for us. So. Got you. And l- let's talk a little bit about, obviously, with your growth, you hit your sales numbers by November. So that tells me a couple things. Number one, tells me you worked hard this last year and your team worked hard. But talk a little bit about carriers. And obviously, you must have the carriers that you need to be successful or you wouldn't have been able to hit your goals, right? For the most so, part, yeah. So did, did, you, did you get the carriers? I assume you did, that, that you needed to, to get to where you are today? Yes. Uh, so one of the problems we have not had is, is getting carriers. Yeah. I am understand the fact that I'm I'm a different situation than a lot of people because I had relationships with some of the carriers at my prior company because we had a lot of brokered business, a lot of carriers listened to the podcast. I had some people vouch for me, some of the relationships we built. So don't think that my experience is going to be the same with yours. But yes, one of the uh, that doesn't mean it wasn't easy, but one of the, the problems I have not had is getting carriers. I mean, we've had a few bumps in the road. You know, we've got a, we've got one we got to meet with next week that wanted to wait six months. They were open with me, and that's fine. But what you really have to do, and that's the biggest question when you start. That's the biggest question because I didn't talk to – I talked to one carrier rep before I left, and it was the day before. Right. I didn't talk to anybody. And so that's the biggest question, I think, for somebody going independent is, is how are we going to get our carrier appointments, and can we do that? How does that work? The biggest thing you have to do is you just have to have a plan. You have to – you you know, I, I talked about in a prior episode, when you hire people, you got to have a value add for them to come work there. you got to have a value add for that carrier, you know, and you've just got to – Give them a good business reason as to why. And don't be scared to push them a little bit either, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's been relatively better than expected. We honestly have too many. But part of that is where we are located in the United States. Yeah, coastal. Being one. coastal, you have to – we have to have – specialty carriers for that odd situation. You know, Dolphin Island is a beach area not too far from us. We have to have a carrier that writes Dolphin Island. Literally an island. Literally it's an island. We we have to write, we have to have a carrier that'll write business there. And, and we may only use them once or twice a year, but when we do, it's a big premium. Right. So because of that, we have 25, 26 carriers on the personal line side. I would love to be in a, you know, middle of the middle of America and have three auto carriers and three home carriers mm-hmm. and everybody fits in, you know, but unfortunately we just don't have that. So that our market kind of tailors to that, but it's, it's been great. You know, we've had some on the commercial side, something I didn't think we were going to be able to compete in. We've written some really big commercial cases and we're in the running for a lot of other big commercial cases. And thanks to, you know, some, some of the, you know, the cover wallets of the world mm-hmm. and a tune, which is phenomenal. If you're not appointed with a tune, get appointed with a tune. Be happy to make an introduction what, for what, you guys now What's there. a tune again? So a tune, uh, without going into too much detail, a tune is a commercial, I guess they're an MGA technically, but they write an admitted bop on AIG paper. It's blackboard. And the big thing for me is they'll write a thousand feet from the coast and inland, which is unheard of here. So it allows us to write some admitted commercial stuff. I actually 
actually wrote my insurance through them on my business. Uh, obviously, it just renewed renewed today, actually. And so they're great. They're really easy to work with. So the Attunes, the Cover Wallets, the Bold Penguins have helped us out big time. Gotcha. So. Okay, next question. Sure. I feel like I'm a guest on the insurance guy. You are. Podcast. You are a guest. Next question on the podcast. Yeah. <clears throat> Goals for 2020. Okay. I know you went to the mountains. Yeah. Spent a few days recharging the batteries after Christmas. Yep. What are your goals for 2020? What 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 do you see in terms of your agency by the end of mm-hmm. this year? So our premium goal, new business goal, is double what it was in 19. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Now, that's not just us throwing a big number out there and, uh-huh. and trying to hit it, which is what we did in 19. Me and my team sat down before I went to the mountains. I went to the mountains and did business planning with my wife. Shout out Laurel. Whoop, whoop. Love you. Would not be here without her. We went to the mountains. or Me and my team sat down, and I, and I asked them what their goals were. Mm-hmm. And their goals kind of correlated with my goals. Right. So essentially reverse engineered that or forward engineered that or whatever, and we came up with that goal. We broke it down by, okay, this – and we, we broke it down. We took the annual goal divided by 12, divided by the number of team members – per day divided by our close ratio we mm-hmm. have about a 40% close ratio that's good on the on that and that's on the low end that's taking the number of prospects we entered in our system versus the number of people we wrote which right. we didn't necessarily talk to every single person that's entered in the system so it's probably more like 60 but taking our close ratio so we know exactly how many quotes per business day mm-hmm. that each person has to quote mm mm-hmm. So we broke it down that, and most of most of my team, when I told them that, were like, "Really? That's all we have to do per day? Yeah, that's <laughs> all you have to do per day in order to hit this massive goal. And if we come, if we hit half of it, we'll still be okay. You know, right. I won't be happy, but we'll be okay. And so that's our, you know, that's our goal for new business. Obviously, I want to add a few more really, really, really good agents. Mm-hmm. We are this close." To opening up loca- location number two, which is someone that's that's in a situation where they want to open an independent agency, but are having kind of a difficult time. So portal insurance location number two is coming. It is in a state that is not very, very close to Alabama. So it's we're, we're going to be nationwide very, very soon, probably Feb 1st by the time you're listening to this. So that's a goal to have maybe two or three more of those. That'll be good. I kind of slacked off in adding referral partners this year. Whereas in 18, I really was proactive in adding mm-hmm. an additional lender every week. We are going back to that. And, and not only are we going back to trying to add lenders to our pipeline, but we are, we are, we're we're going to have a process and a system that we're going to have new people help us implement. You do this, 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 and this. So we're doing that. And the big, I wouldn't say great white buffalo goal, but the big thing that's kind of looming is we want to be agency number one, customer number one for Project Neon. Mm. So that's, as far as portal goes, portal goes, that's our goals. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Questions on that? That's yeah. a lot. <clears throat> it, it is, but, you know. And Project Neon, why were you, or was there a reason why you weren't part of the beta testing or did you just not want to be that? I missed it. Okay. Um, I hadn't started my agency. They picked the beta agency started getting selected in elevate of 2018, mm-hmm. which you and I actually podcasted the day of elevate 2018 mm-hmm. in Ohio that we, we were, I wasn't even close to opening. Yeah. So that, that, that's why I just missed it. But we're looking on, looking at hopping on it very, very early. You know, obviously there's going to be a cost associated with that. Yeah. And that's why we have our our big goals. You know, we have right. to hit certain numbers that we have the cash flow to do that. Right. right. You know, and do certain things that we want to do. Yeah. So So I'll answer some of these questions too and yeah. I I can kind of ask them to myself or you can ask me as well, but Well, where where are you at in your transition? Cuz talk about nationwide, you know? Well, yeah, just an overall transitional mode uh in terms of explaining that. So Nationwide Insurance gave all of their captive agency force and I don't know what the exact number is. Let's just say it's 4,000 agents. It might be less. It might be a little bit more. I think I heard eight. I, I would be surprised if it's that many. But they gave us three different options to transition to independent. The first option has already come and gone. That was July 1st of 2019. 
And there were a few agents that took that option, but I would say it would probably be less than 10% of the overall agency force because it was going to cost more and you were going to pay nationwide directly for your book of business. And then this next drop dead date will be when all nationwide insurance agents go independent and that date is, I'm sure vendors are like, got a pencil and paper out right now, can like I, circling this on their calendar. Can I ask you a couple questions yeah, about well, that? Well, let me finish. Sorry. Now. Yeah, and then we can. That date, the drop dead date for all nationwide agents to go independent is July 1st of 2020. Now, technically, nationwide is gifting that book of business to the nationwide agency force. And I'm sure people out there listening to this are like, wow, they're just giving it to you? No, they're not. <laughs> um, what they've done in order for them to not have a tax ramification relative to gifting that book of business to the agency force is they've provided what is known as option two and option three. Each one of those options has a little bit different verbiage associated with it. Option two is is more money, that money to be paid to the IRS, Internal Revenue Service. Apparently, when you sign on for option two, they send you some type of IRS form. I don't know the form number. It's I'm like sure. a gifting thing. Right. Yeah. And you pay, you know, a percentage there. Option three is about half of that, but option three also has a buyback provision in it, meaning that if you go out and you choose option three, Nationwide will be able to, if you ever decide to sell your agency, any of the policies that are in force at the time of the signing of the contract, Nationwide will have first right of refusal to buy those policies back at the same percentage that they were given to you when you, when you chose option three. Most agencies right now, it looks like to me, are leaning heavily towards the option two option, which is more money, will cost more money. But I will be interested to see as we close in on the July 1st deadline and people are signing this contract, which one of those options they will choose. I have no idea what that percentage will be in terms of the total agency force, which one of those options they choose. You said you had questions. I just wanted to explain yeah. how that was going down and, 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 a, and a kind of an overview. I don't want to get too far yeah, in the weeds yeah, yeah. with it. So I'm curious. You know, we interviewed David David McKnight, who's mm -hmm. one of our first interviews, mm -hmm. who is the author of Power of Zero. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the the examples that he gives in Power of Zero is Roadrunner and Wally Coyote is in a house and there's a train coming and the house is on the train tracks. You remember this? I do. I mean, and I Wally Coyote pulls the curtain down right. and thinks that makes the train go away. Right. A, are there any agents that you think are doing that with this nationwide deal? B, if someone were to do that, What's going to happen to them? I no, I don't think any agents doing that. Definitely, some did that for a little while. I bet. Oh yeah, but just because it's like studying for a test, you know, right. you, you 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 can only stress about it so much. Really, you you wait to the last minute, obviously, yeah, to study right. for it. I think most agents right now, because we're getting so much correspondence relative to that on a mm -hmm. daily basis, probably keeping that front of mind at the beginning of this year. I think most agents are going ahead and making now make the necessary changes that they need to make and, and looking at, okay, how are we going to finance this or, you know, how, what's this going to look like? So I, I truly do believe most agencies now, now I will say this prior to all this happening, there were quite a few agents that had reached that 35 or 40 year mark with a company that did go ahead and do a sale of their agency to an existing nationwide agency. There were quite a few of those because those guys were just like, look, based on how this thing is shaking out, I'm going to do better to go ahead and take the, you know, take somebody purchasing yeah. my agency and go ahead and retire. than go through this whole process of buying my book or not buying it, but you know, mm -hmm. having to pay for my book of business. And here I am 70 years old or, 65 years old there was a lot of that that went on i don't know how many were sold but a lot that, of guys went ahead and just retired yeah just yeah. went ahead and retired before they had to deal with it and and took took an you know and that's kind probably of early, 
part of what they wanted to. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. So, so that's that. So 2019 for me was an up and down year. We had a lot of good things happen. We had a lot of not so good things happen. Our, our, go ahead. I have another question. Okay. What's the general consensus amongst the field? Because, you know, a lot of times having worked for a captive carrier, you know, and they implement, say, a piece of technology, right? The more savvy agents know that that's the best way to go. But the overwhelming majority is a lot of agents fussing about that. You know, like, oh, my God, what's the general consensus of the field? Because I say that to say independent may sound great to me and you and all of our listeners, but to an agent that never planned on going independent, it kind of hurts them the most because there's a huge learning curve. What's the general consensus for the field? Is it dread? Is it excitement? Is it what's like, what's, you know what I mean? Like on the battle lines, which you are definitely on the battle lines. What's the general consensus? So the general consensus is a, is a feeling of excitement to be able to go independent. Okay. Most agencies, I would say, you know, 90% of agents that are a part of this transition are excited about this. I think there is a sense of a, li- a little bit of a fear of the unknown. If you just got, you yeah. know, one-on-one with somebody, they'd probably I mean, be like, yeah, well, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. And I don't know what I'm going to do about a management system and those kinds right. of things. I think there is a feeling of here we are in January and this goes down in July. I think there are some some feelings of untrust. Yeah. For, from the agency force to nationwide in terms of what's the contract going to be like. There's some examples of the contract out there that you can go find, you know, but I think there's some questioning, you know, is the contract yeah. going to change between now and then? Or, you know, uh, are they going to, are they going to tell us everything we need to know? Are they going to, and, and of course there's probably a, a group of segment of the agency force that's not happy about it. And, thinks that somehow nationwide screwing everybody. There's always that with any, right. with any captive carrier force. But I think As the there over- should be, I mean, yeah, you should be yeah. skeptical. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a good word. Skeptical. But overall, I think the feeling's what are, excitement. What are they doing? And this, we may have to edit this out, but what, oh, what are they doing? To, like, let's say you have $2 million with nationwide, right? Mm-hmm. If I had a carrier that has $2 million with nationwide, or excuse me, if I have a carrier that I have $2 million with, right, right that I'm not happy with, right. it's fair to say there's going to be some folks that are, you know, mm-hmm. I'm calling up, I can call a carrier right now. Mm-hmm. I can pick up my phone and call one of my reps right now and say, hey, I want three more points to right. roll this. Right. And they'll say, okay, and yeah. we can start today. Right. What are they doing to prevent that from all, happening? All of that is spelled out in the contract. And, you cannot roll it? or uh, You will not be able to roll your book of business, but... I mean, or slowly move it over? You, I mean, if, if you have a situation where a customer's not happy where they are, you will have the opportunity at any given point in time to move policies over. Now, what captive agents, uh, agency carriers and independent carriers can do is every carrier in the United States has what is called a warning report. Yeah. Now, they can pull that on Bradley Flowers just like they can, like Nationwide can do to Scott Howell. If Bradley Flowers eats a bad piece of pizza tonight and moves a million dollars worth of business and one book roll over to from XYZ to XYZ carrier, they are going to pretty quickly find that out. And Nationwide has that same ability, too, and if you just July 2nd book roll the entire nationwide book to travelers or something, they're going to find that out. You're going to be in violation of your contract. And I'm not sure what the consequences of that would be, but it would obviously not be good. But I mean, if you're rolling it, you're, you know, right. Yeah. I predict, but, but, I predict they're going to take a rate rate decrease to keep that from happening. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's going to happen. I mean, anybody with half a brain in their head would say, okay, you've got, you know, all these these agency people that are going to go independent shortly and have lots of different options, you're not going to be able to, you know, raise rates because obviously that just gives them the opportunity to, to take, you know, day by day, two or three policies and move them over to another carrier that's more competitive. So they're going to have to come out of the gate and be competitive in the market. Yeah. Right. no, No question. That's always intrigued me. 
in, in regards to that. Right. What? So, so how has, you know, we should have prepared questions for each other. That would have been cool. <laughs> how, how has that affected your goals this year? How, did you maybe not do as, as good as you, you <clears throat> wanted to this year because you're preparing for next year? Possibly. Mm, well, I will say in 2018, the numbers, the the amount of premium that was determined for my book of business relative to what I would be paying the Internal Revenue Service, that calculation was done on December the 15th of 2018. Mm-hmm. 2018. Okay. So in the year 2018, year of our Lord, year of our Lord 2018. Starting in January, I secretly did not push my agency force that year in personal lines to which I didn't have to because we didn't have a really good rate that year anyway. I told people that I was close to. I don't know if I told you this or not. Mm-hmm. I think I think I did. Well, you may have forgotten this, but I think I even said, "Look, I'm I'm kind of sitting on coast right now, yeah, because I don't want to grow too much because every single policy we sell just adds to the number that I'm going to end up having to pay. Right. So, so on personal, I couldn't stop commercial because we were growing so much in in that year. But personal lines, we kind of laid off the throttle that year to make sure that. Well, not to make sure, but just I I, I didn't want to have to pay any more than I was going to have to. Now right. that did not affect 2019. And so in 2019, we ended the year, we grew substantially in premium and commercial lines. In fact, had our best year in commercial lines. That's great. And, and to just be honest with all of our podcast listeners and, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about talking about your insecurities, but we, uh, once again, completely shit the bed in personal lines. Really? Um, well, that's going to change next year. Uh, it, it needs or this to, year. it need, it's going to have to. So, um, we, for 2018 and 2019, we have completely shit the bed. You know, part of that is the way that I have our personal lines agency structured. And part of that is just that we had one, well, I shouldn't say one, we had three or four different carriers, but our main carrier was nationwide. And, um, we, I can sit here and make a lot of excuses, but the bottom line is this, I don't have the right people in place. People I do have in place to sell personal lines. You've had do, a lot of changes do, too. Well, they they do a they do a uh, they're good at selling to a certain degree, but they also do a lot of service work. Yeah. And that takes away from their time selling. And so one of my goals in 2020 is to get our personal lines squared away and make sure that I've got agents producing personal lines and doing that full time. And then I've got a service team that's doing our, our service side of the house and not letting service work get in the way of people selling, because that's been one of our big problems that we've had. And you, I think you can, you can really change that. You can, you can really affect that too. Once you go independent and you have this freedom and I don't know about you, but for me, I would be so paranoid the last year and a half that I would do something wrong that they don't like and that get taken from me somehow. Never, th- never, never think about that. that. No. Never, okay, never that's think good. about that. But I don't think about that because as I said on an earlier podcast we did on business ethics, I tell my people every day, I don't give a damn what we do, but we're always going to do the yeah. right thing, whatever I, that is. And I don't mean doing something unethical. I just mean like we all know how corporate America will just decide they don't like somebody and that kind of thing. I, but I don't concern myself yeah, with that. I just don't. I, I don't. Good. But but see, I'm in a little – you were with a region, smaller regional – who was Carrier. very, very, yeah, very I, uh, big brother-ish. Right. Yeah. Nationwide, we're yeah. independent contractors, and they don't really That's big brother us and at you'd all. And you'd always hear about agents that, you know, got fired for yeah. a reason they shouldn't have got fired for or yep. whatever, you know. Um, so 2019 was a mixed bag. I will say that, and I have never, I've never spoken to this. I've never talked about this. We did make con- uh, the President's Conference, which is the top 100 agencies in the country, 120 or whatever. That for, you did that for uh, total production? Went, or? Yes. Went to Vienna, awesome. went to Vienna, Vienna, Austria for seven days. I got to hear the uh, CEO of Nationwide give his farewell address to the company, yep. which was very interesting. It was a very interesting farewell address. I'll say that. I can't talk much more about it than that. <laughs> 
Y'all going um, independent? I'm out. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 he was, I'm he kidding. was, uh, it was good. It was good. But I never, I've never told you this story. The year before that, we made conference of champions. I don't know what we're going to do this last this year for 19. I know we're we're on target to do conference of champions in New York, but may end up going to Hawaii with the president's okay. conference. I don't know yet. But every time I go to one of those conferences, I have kind of a personality uh, defect that I don't feel like I belong. And that was exasperated by the fact I was with the top 100 agencies in the country. And these guys are the $100 million agencies, the $80 million agencies. So I, I, don't, I, I certainly did not feel like I belong there. But on Wednesday, we had a formal black tie tuxedo dinner at the uh, President's Palace in Vienna, Austria. And I was getting, I was, we were on the bus, we were on a bus over there for dinner. And I looked at my wife and I said, you, you know why I feel like I belong today? And she said, why is that? And I said, because of the 120 agents that are here, I'm the only one that had a podcast come out this morning on life insurance and helped a bunch of damn insurance there agents you go. today. That's right. Yeah. And for some reason that resonated with me and it yeah. made me feel better about being there. But the rest of the time, I don't, I didn't spend a lot of time with agents while I was there. You know, they're on such a d different level playing field than I am. I mean, I, I got on a bus with a man and his wife at the Vienna airport. They picked us up on a Mer in a Mercedes Sprinter bus. This husband and wife were sitting across from me. They were probably in their sixties. And he said, uh, you know, we introduced ourselves and I said, so uh, tell me about your agency. And he said, well, we've, you know, we're up in the Northeast and we're actually an aggregator broker. We do a lot of, it, about 30% of the agency force that was there were actually exclusive agents and about, it may have been 50%, I don't know. But then the other half. Independence with Nationwide. That's oh, right. okay. Huge agencies. Like okay. huge, huge. Brown and, you know, those kind of guys. Okay. And so this guy's sitting there, and he's the president of this this agent, this broker or aggregator or whatever the hell it was. And I, and I asked him a couple of questions. Well, we got 300 employees. And, you know, for a guy that already doesn't feel like he belongs, to be sitting across from a guy in a Sprinter van that's the president of a 300 employee, probably multi-billion dollar company i'm like you know and it was a very awkward conversation because i said some things to him like well you know we're we're a little old bitty small boutique agency in huntsville alabama and man i well, i shouldn't even be here you know and he said well you obviously did something you're here that's and right so and one thing i did talk a lot about and it's something i want to do a podcast on in the next not too distant future is I talked to some of these larger agencies, $100 million, $200 million, $500 million agency owners about ESOP program. One thing I want to do in the distant future, 20 years from now or, or less, is when we do get big enough, and I think you have to hit a certain number, whether it's $25 million or $50 million in premium, You've got you have you can, from a tax standpoint, set your agency up as what is called an ESOP employee sponsored ownership program and i talked to a number of agents there that had set that up and i think in terms of legacy you want to talk about leaving a legacy shit man you let you know people who've been with you for 10 15 20 years buy into the agency mm -hmm. and have kind of like stock options yeah, yeah and and let them retire with a million or two million dollars in their pocket you know yeah i would absolutely love to do that i briefly talked to a couple of very large agencies like that guy he was one of them that had set up an ESOP, and to me, to, to me, to, that's leaving a legacy right good way to keep employees too get yeah, absolutely the mission you know? absolutely so that was that was very special, but you know, th the twenty nineteen was a good year. Twenty twenty is going to be a great year. I'm excited about it. Don't know how I'm going to pay for this yet, but I'm starting the process of working on all that. Uh, I guess the last thing that happened to me in twenty nineteen is I had two employees with eight years of experience total with me. One was like a daughter to me that up and left in October. October one left on October fifteenth. The other one left on November fifteenth. We we need to say that it wasn't because of anything you did. No, well, no. It, uh, well, I, I I'm saying see, I, I, the way I always, you said that sounded like you run them off. You didn't run them off. Mm -mm. 
No, they came to me, and, and, and maybe it was something I did. You know, when you get to that state where they're leaving, you wonder just how honest they're being with you. True. About right. all that. Everything's, like, as an owner, you have to take everything as your fault. But right. it doesn't mean that your actions cause that. Right. So so I will tell you exactly what happened. Don't mind. I'm, I'm probably, when Gary Vaynerchuk talked about talking about your insecurities, I was, you know, he has no idea how who he was talking to, but I, I have no problem talking about it. So I came, it was a Friday. I came into our Huntsville office and, uh, the girl, one of the girls had been with me for five years and she starts crying. And I, you know, I said, well, you know, calm down and just, you know, let's talk about what happened. And I thought it was something to do with insurance. I thought she yeah. made a mistake on a policy or something like that. But she said, uh, well, I just wanted to let you know that I've been made a job offer from Jay Smith Lanier. Jay Smith Lanier's big big carrier. They're like uh, a brown and brown. Yeah, big agency. Right um, I know they've got offices in Huntsville, Birmingham, Atlanta, some of those kind of places. And uh, they were they were going to pay her, um, you know, close to sixty thousand dollars a year to be a commercial account manager. I think what it was is kind of a renewal type, you know, sales position where she processes renewals, I guess sells them on the renewal and they were going to pay her $60,000. Well, she had not been happy with the position that she was in with us for about a year. And I knew she was not happy. But when I tested her and she had sold, she had sold two or $300,000 worth of insurance for us the year before. Uh, all that was kind of spoon-fed to her from myself and my other big commercial agent in my office. She wanted to move into a sales-only role, and I, I knew she was not going to do well in that role. So all of that to say that the mistake I made relative to that situation probably should have been taken care of, cared of uh, or we should have done something about it before then, and I probably should have done a better job testing her and and doing all those things before i ever hired her and we may not have had those problems but i was unwilling to match what jay smith lanier had offered her and lo and behold about three or four weeks later her one of her best friends was also in our agency she was in personal lines department she walks in and she does the exact same thing. And I'm going to Jay Smith Lanier and they're paying me almost double what you're paying me. Now, let me say this, guys. I, if I've got an A player and they're performing and they're, and they're good and they show a lot of initiative and they're selling insurance or they're doing a great job on the service side, I'll fight for you. I, I, I'll, I'll fight to keep you. You know, I've got people in my agency right now that if they walked in and did that, we would probably have a different discussion. But with those two, I think I felt like it was time for them to go. Yeah. And it kind of made my life a little easier because we were able to then go out and hire what I consider A-level players to replace who was there. And again, those people perform in three or four or five years from now, they come to me with that kind of offer. If they're performing and they're and they're and they're a big part of our agency and they're they're self-reliant and they have good critical thinking skills and they're just knocking the bottom out of it. Well, I'm probably going to match it or I'm probably going to do something to, to try to keep them. But I'm not going to pay the kind of money that, that these girls were going to make at J. Smith Lanier when I don't feel like they're up to that kind of pay. Does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's kind of how that went. Now, uh, that was a big blow in October, November. And since that time, during that transition of hiring somebody else to take their place, I have worked probably the hardest I've worked in three years in insurance. I've, I've worked every night till 7 o'clock. I have gotten back in the systems and quoted i've written business i've handled billing accounts i've done i've done everything that any agent listening to this does every single day i want to touch on something on that talk about because i think agents need to hear it with how you handled it with that let's take take the first one for example talk about how you handled it when when you were told right not not how you handled it after not that you've worked harder but 
with that employee, how mm-hmm. you treated that employee and mm-hmm. how you handled it. Because that's something that people need to hear. Well, I think most people are going to call me or text me and tell me I've absolutely lost my mind. The few people I've told this to have said that that you have completely lost your mind. And when, I don't know what you did, yeah. but I know you and I know what you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, um, so they came to me both times and they were crying. And when I have people that I love and I care about who are not telling me yet what's going on, but are in that frame of mind, everything in my world slows down. And the first thing I do is I I slow down and I tell them to sit down and I say, whatever it is, as long as nobody died, we, we can take care of it. We can fix it. We can fix it. And so they sit down and they tell me the situation. And, and the first thing I did is, you know, I think I said something like, well, let me say this. Uh, this was to the first one. I wasn't quite as nice about the second one because at that point I felt like I had been kind of undermined, you know, by, by here's another one of the first one that left yeah. kind of going after the second one, you know. But the first one I said, hey, I feel kind of like a proud daddy right now because – uh, five years ago, you were, you know, folding T-shirts at Goodies. True story. And here you are getting a sixty thousand dollar offer from a large insurance, you know, carrier or agency. And I feel a lot like a proud daddy. And sixty thousand dollar salary in Alabama is really that's, good. That's that's to, strong. Just that's strong. Add clarification. That's strong. That's, that's, that's equivalent big. of one hundred and twenty, probably fifty in, yeah. a, in a Connecticut. Yeah, or, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's that's strong in Alabama. But so I felt I did. I, I did feel a sense of pride with the first one that left that, that I had trained, you know, trained her and done enough to get her to the point where she could make, you know, have that kind of opportunity. But, you know, I told her I wanted to take the weekend to think about it. And I wanted her to take the weekend to think about it. this was on a Friday and they were pushing her pretty hard to make a decision. And so uh, I came back on Monday and I, um, I told her that. You know, I think I called her maybe Sunday afternoon because I got tired of thinking about it because I'm like everybody else. When something like that's on my mind, it seems like it's all I can think about. But I called and I said, oh, look, I think you need to take that opportunity. I think it's a great challenge for you. I think it's a great opportunity for you. I think you need to take it because I, I'm just, you know, I'm not going to be able to offer that kind of money, which um, I wasn't going to, to, like I said, to that particular individual. But I did pay, I did pay her two, two weeks of severance. I told her that my thought on it was my wife told me I was crazy too. I said, she said, why in the world somebody quits and you're paying them two weeks of severance. But you know, my thought on that was this, this is somebody who had been working with me every day for five years and done a lot for our agency, had shown up, had, had always done a serviceable job, had never stolen money, had never done anything that compromised our agency. And I just felt like, the right thing to do to make sure that nobody ever felt like I had, you know, given them the short end of the stick or had not been the the type of person that that they would come to work for is I went ahead and paid both of them two weeks of severance and basically cut them both loose. The told them that, you know, three days afterwards would be their last day and they could, you know, take some time off before they started their new job now, a lot of agents out there will tell me I'm crazy for doing that, but my theory on that is if somebody's been with you three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, man, that's a long time, and I just felt like it was, in my heart, it, it was the right thing you to can't, do. You can't fault someone for wanting to better themselves. Absolutely not. And whether or not we think it's the right decision, right? who knows? I mean, to yeah. them, it may, you know, like let's say somebody – Somebody were to leave me right now and go to work to pick up trash, if in their head it's them bettering themselves, by God, yeah. you cannot fault somebody for doing Absolutely that. Absolutely not. There's a difference between somebody leaving you and somebody leaving you and poaching business and stealing and things like that. Right. There's a difference. And, and, and that was another reason I did it. Yeah. What was yeah. was I felt like, you know, if I give this person two weeks of severance, they might be less likely to do something to our agency like take a customer list or do something like that with it. But yeah, I, I felt like it was the right thing to do and everybody else told me I was insane. That I should have just cut them loose and told them good luck, but I here's, just wasn't going to do that. Here's the thing: I was in a I was in an insurance group recently where somebody 
was discussing an employee that that left to go to work for a competing agency. Right. And the person said, you know, that the person had a non-compete, right. had a non-solicit, Which all that stuff. you and I stuff, both have dealt the, with. And the person was, and, and you know, I may feel different than this after I've been doing this 20 years. I may be jaded. I don't know. But I'm in this to empower and impact people. Right. That's what I'm in this for. And that includes my employees. But this person was in there and they were talking about this employee that left working for a competing agency and should I go after them in a, in a legal sense. Right. And I wrote 10 paragraphs to reply to this person. And I don't remember exactly what all I said, but basically I said, look, I said, here's a, and this was a personal line situation. And I know everything's situational. I know that if you have a big commercial lines producer that's doing a hundred grand a month and the average case size is sixty four thousand dollars, it's a different situation. They could hurt you, but this was a personal line situation, uh, personal sum commercial. And the person leaving was not giving the indication that they were stealing business or anything like that. It was simply to better themselves, right? And and I and I replied and basically said, look. All right, this is a personal line situation, okay? Realistically, how much business could they take from? Right. Realistically, uh, like, and I, and I mean, if if you were to lose a case every other month, like, no big deal. Realistically, like, in a lump sum, in a one time, like, how much could you use? I think a hundred grand. Right. A hundred grand is probably it. I mean, that one person can physically do. Okay, a hundred grand. That's going to make you ten. Let's say you're going to spend more than that fighting it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and both of these girls had non competes with sixty. Yeah. My my sister, I come from a a family of attorneys. I'm the black sheep, and my sister put together the what I call the Massey prenup of a uh, non compete agreement for my agency that I have all my employees sign, and they also sign a third party uh, agreement with Nationwide, and I have those non compete agreements that are 60-mile radius for up to one year. But my thing has always been this, Bradley, exactly what you just said. I am never going to keep somebody, even if the agency's 10, 15 miles from me, I don't want to keep somebody from bettering themselves. And I don't think that it would take a very unique situation for me to to throw that non-compete yeah. out to an attorney and say, hey, go write them a dirty letter. You know, right. I, it, I just don't want to do that. And I, I told this person, you know, you're going to spend that much fighting it. You might as well pick up the phone and call her and say, hey, look, I'm so happy you're bettering yourself by working at this agency. It's great. Is there any accounts you want to take with you? Right, 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 right. Is there any right. accounts you want? You want to take your mom? You want to take your dad? Right. You want to take your sister? Is there any accounts you want to move? Yep. Guess how many more they're going to take over those? They're not going to take any right. because you are. They're they're going to be guilted into keeping them. Now, sure. obviously, it's not going to be like that in every case. But if that's the type of person to steal from you after you doing that for them, right. you should have fired them long before they left. Absolutely. And I I'm passionate about that. I know. But it's that's just how it is. Sorry. Yeah. And it, and Sorry, it does. It Sorry, does, everybody. No, it does hurt that when people like that leave that you're so close to because. Man, you know, you're you're running an agency right now. You probably spend as much time with your people in your office as you do your wife because you're there every day for seven, eight hours together. You're, you know, you're in the trenches. You're talking three or four times a day. Even when you're not in the office, you're getting phone calls and text messages and Christmas parties. And yep. you, you spend that much time with somebody for five, six, seven, eight years, man, it, it's, it's like they're a family member and it's yeah. hard. It is. But uh, tell me this. Let's let's change gears. Yeah. yeah change yeah. gears. Please, please, please. Um. What is the biggest thing you've learned, most impactful thing you've learned from the podcast mm. in 2020? Oh, in Not, 2020? I mean, 2020. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say. 2019. I was going to say, I only got three to pull from. <laughs> biggest biggest podcast takeaway from 2019. I would say that the biggest thing I've learned is just how much, this is just an overreaching, overarching type thing here. Right. The, how much I have to learn, yeah, and how much, how many things I need to change within my agency, which I am desperately trying to do. But what I've done is I've fallen into the trap that you talked about on a previous podcast, okay, that I was on with you, and I cannot remember which one it was. 
it may have been, I believe it was the podcast that you and I did with Jason Cass and Ryan Hanley back in December when you were talking about creating processes and how much easier it is to create processes when you have a new agency versus an agency that's got six, seven, eight, ten million dollars in premium. So what's happened with our agency is through the podcast, one of the things I've learned is you've got to have written processes for everything you do in your agency. Well, that is now almost, I won't say impossible because I'm doing it, but it's we're so far down the road and we're so busy on a day-to-day basis with everything that we have to do that all these changes I need to make in the agency are so much harder to do because I'm so busy during the day that it's hard to create those processes because there's 16 things that need to be done right now today that I'm working on or customers are calling or agents are calling or vendors are calling and I'm on the phone and, or I'm working on this quote or I'm doing this and all those things have to be done. And here's a six, $7 million agency that I've got that, that we had we up until probably July of this year did not have any written processes in place. It was like, it was just a free for all. It was like, you know, everybody just kind of did what they knew what to do, but there weren't any written processes as far as how to do anything. And so there, there, that's probably the thing that I have struggled with the most and the thing that is taking me the most time because like you said i'm trying to do it on the back end instead of doing it on the front end does that make sense absolutely absolutely that's one thing and then just it seems like every podcast guest that we have and i think this segues nicely into something i wanted to talk about in front of our audience because i feel like they are so much a part of what we do Mm -hmm. in terms of our audience and the people that listen to this podcast is I wanted to talk a little bit about our goals for the podcast in 2020. Yep. And one of the things, you know, this is probably a bad example because the dynasty is now probably more than likely over, but I want to create the dynasty that the New England Patriots have had for the last 10 years. Tom Brady announced that he was coming back while we were on this podcast, by the way. Did he really? Yeah. Okay, great. That's what I've been over here doing. Well, I I want this podcast to be that. So for our listening audience, Bradley and I haven't talked about this. This is the first time we've talked about this. But I think in order to do that, what we have to do to continue to grow as a podcast is we have to schedule the very best guests that we can that create the most value for the people that listen to this podcast. And one of the changes I want to see us make for this year, not last year it was some different things that we did, but this year I want Bradley and I to get on a 10-minute call a month prior to us batch filing the podcast and go through 10 top let's say we're going to do 10 10 10 podcasts right 10 podcasts gets batch filed we have 10 topics that we want to discuss that that hopefully have not been discussed on the podcast could be a lot of different things and then from those 10 topics go all right who's the best in the industry at that the most yeah right and then go after that person Mm -hmm. And if you can't get them, then I'll call them. If right. I can't get them, we'll get one of these we'll agents, big, we'll big, big agencies to call them and say, look, guys, yeah. whether it's the Warren Bar-, Bar Horse of the world or the guy that's the best in the world at surety and crime policies or, you know, QuickBooks and just a lot of different yeah. topics that we've never covered before because – I want to. I think the way we grow this podcast and continue to create value for agents out there is to every week get the best of the best in here to talk about what they do. And by doing that, the unintended consequence is you and I grow as people Absolutely. and agency owners because, Absolutely. you know, hell, I don't. There's a lot of things I don't know a lot about in the insurance business that will benefit our audience. It'll benefit us, and it will allow us to continue to grow. I think the overall format of the podcast is probably been good you know i texted you last night i'm like hey man are you thinking about going to 30 minute podcast and i got to thinking about that and i thought you know if you had come back and said yes which he did not i thought i don't know how i'm gonna get all that in there yeah like in that 30 minute span between the intro and us telling the story and 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 we we uh you know like i said we batch these and Every now and then we get we get one where we have to we have to cut it short, right? And to keep that person from getting offended, 
we I always schedule them thirty to forty five minutes depending on the right. day, and then we just go long essentially. But who's your favorite guest this year? And that's oh, a hard question. Oh shoot, that's like asking who your favorite kid yeah. was. You know me. <laughs> I love big personalities yeah. because they match my energy on the podcast. Yeah. And this was somebody that I would love to have back on the show this year just because his podcast was probably the shortest podcast we've ever done. But if I, I'm going to give you two names of people, and I don't even know if we had one of these guys on the podcast in 2019. But the two, my two favorite guests that I think we've interviewed are probably the coach, the business coach, 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 coach Burt. Coach Burt, yeah. It was a 10-minute podcast. It was super short. That was short. your fault. It was. But I would like to get him back on to talk for another hour this year at some point about just, you know, coaching and people and I love his energy. I love people that we get on the podcast that are that sales-oriented person right. that, that has a big personality. I'm scrolling and, through the feed to see who mine was. And then <laughs> the, the other person that I would love to get back on the podcast again this year and talk a lot more, and I want to do this to help him June, July, August time frame is Mike Stromso. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Because... Uh, when you said you know me, my mind said... Yeah, yeah. Mike, Mike for some reason, and it has nothing to do with any of the other guests, they've all been fantastic, but for some reason, what Mike says really resonates with me, the mm-hmm. way he says it, and I, we've had people reach out to us and talk about getting him back on the podcast and just cutting him loose for two hours, and I want to do that in a way that's an, that enables us to promote the UPP for him yeah. for this upcoming year, obviously free of charge. I think people, agents, when they hear Mike speak, he Mike he, should just bring us in to speak, and that would take care of that. <laughs> well, I don't know that that'll happen. Mike's kind of a control guy, and, and uh, that's one thing about him I know. But he's just a dynamic speaker, and the things he's – when he spits gold, he spits gold. I mean, yeah. you could – you could sit there. I listen to his uh, UPP podcast all the time. Me too. It's a good podcast. It's great. It's fantastic. I mean, his book is probably the only book that, and it's not a short book. Right. It's a normal size book, two or 300 pages. Right. Have you read his book? No. It's the only book. I'm not a huge reader. I read. Right. I force myself to read, but right. I'm not a huge reader. His book is the only book that both times I have read it, it was start to finish. I didn't put it down. I believe four, four it. hours. I believe it because um, it's nothing but very actionable things. You know, mine. I have a hard time because I don't want to say Gary Vaynerchuk, but I have to say that, and it's not because like, of course, you're going to say Gary. Vayner. It's it's because I know how much time, effort, and energy we put in. Right. People listening to this don't know. Right. I mean, that was a year and a half of of just trying to get that you know make that happen so I, i'm going to say that just because i know what we put into right. it so i'm going to shift gears to what top three best moments this year life business podcast like the top three best things that happened to you and don't go all lovey-dovey <laughs> on like this the top three like coolest like yeah you know so top moment for 2019 for scott howell uh, well, i'll go three to one i'll go three to one Three to one was a lot. Go from number three and then down to my number one. Number three was you and I, and you will never forget this, although you were worried about your damn water bill when it happened. (laughs) But when you and I were walking across the catwalk to go out on stage at 8% Nation, and we had security with us, and the music was playing, and everybody was was up clapping, and all that crazy stuff. That, I just remember for a brief second looking around and going, damn. I know. I know. What, ha- I know. what are two guys I, from Alabama doing? I, I'll tell you something, man. All these insurance conferences yeah. should go to, to 8% from a production standpoint. Yes. Yes. It's like a rock concert. It is. Um, it and, is. It, and it wasn't just because of the venue. It was right. like that last year. Right, right. Um, they should go from a production standpoint. Right. Number two was the Gary Vaynerchuk podcast and being able to be in his office that day. That was a very special moment for me because I just, again, I just sat there thinking, what are two kids from, you know, Hamilton, Alabama and where you grew up doing sitting in Gary Vaynerchuk's office right now, you know? 
And then my number one moment of 2019 is I got married on January 24th. And it was only my wife and I. Well, nobody else was there. There were no witnesses other than the, the people that, that did the wedding. But as we got married and we stepped outside to go get our pictures made that started snowing in Gatlinburg. So our pictures, if you ever see any of them, you can see the snow falling as we're taking pictures of, of us right after the, the wedding. And cool. that was really that was really special. That's so, awesome. Cool about, That's what awesome. about you? You know, man, I had a lot of good crap this year. I know. I had a, a lot of year. good stuff, especially, especially business-wise. Probably number three, I'm going to say, was probably the the Gary Vaynerchuk podcast. I've got to put that one up there. Number two is probably September, October-ish. I can't pinpoint a day of my agency mm-hmm. um, because doing it the way that I'm doing it with hiring people, mm-hmm. you know, you know it's going to be a long time before you see the bank account go up, not mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. And September, October was when I finally was kind of like, okay, this is this. this is going to work. Yeah, I got this. This is going to work. Um, and I'm not going to have to file for bankruptcy. That's when <laughs> uh, – and, I, you know, I've never had that feeling. Like, worst case scenario, we can figure this out. Right. You know, right. I mean, I don't have any investors. I ha- I don't have a loan. Like, there's things I could mm. do if I mm. needed to. Right. So I never really worried about that. And especially now with the business we've written, it's going to be okay. But as far as, like – you know, that was when it was kind of like, okay, it's when we started getting the right team in place. You know, it mm. just that's that's kind of that would be number two. Number one would be Agent 2021 mm-hmm. for several reasons. One of those being that's when things started getting real with the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I equate Agent 2021. I had a lot of good stuff going on in my life around that time. Mm-hmm. Outside of insurance, like I just like that whole, like around that whole time, um, that was right after that, that Agent 2021 for me it was a year ago in two weeks. Unfortunately, I don't think they're having it this year. Perfect. That was Be that promoted. was right right when I quit my job, and I was like, I felt free, you know. So right. that was kind of just a really good time, you know. And I would say one point one would probably be going to Cuba mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. One, it's it's all it's an awesome trip if you ever a chance to go, and then two, just being grateful for what we have, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So that would that would be mine, man. Yeah, I you know. I'll tell you, it was it was a crazy 2019. I look forward to 2020. I think one advantage that you and I both have is we and our spouses love to travel. Yep. Now, my wife, and I, I can't speak for Laurel, but my wife is one of those people that after about five or six days, usually she's ready to come home. Yeah. And and I'm I'm a little bit like that myself. You know, I think this year for us with traveling and going to these different state association meetings and, and speaking and talking and That's podcasting. The thing, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've got what the Arkansas, and then we've got, we've got uh, PIA of Arkansas. We're going to be at shout out to those guys. That's yeah. actually in Memphis. You know, it's funny you told an Elvis story earlier. Yeah, that event is at Graceland. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Las Vegas. We're going to Vegas. Keystone Insurance Group. Yeah, in, a, in less than a month. February. Actually, a month today. I think is it is. When we're going to be there. Always love an excuse to go to Vegas. We've got I, I'm doing Ohio. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot more reach out to us, and that's. That's like the coolest thing, you know, guys. Here's the thing: like this whole like traveling and speaking thing. If you're not getting John Maxwell money, it kind of sucks. Yeah, I mean, you're going. Yeah. You know, I'm in. You're going to. You know, you're you're in Atlanta Airport. It's eleven o'clock at night. Yeah. You know, there's and <laughs> We've been you, there. you're eating. You're not eating good. You're missing the gym. Yeah. Like, right. you know, it's and and you know, you're not making any money. I mean, I think. Uh, you know, some some of I mean, it, you're, it's just I mean, you're making money, and obviously you're appreciative of them, them paying you if they are paying you. And but it, there's a lot of suck around that. Yeah, there is. But it is so freaking cool. Yeah, being able to talk to agents. Yep. And learn what is going on in the field. Right. But also be able to say, I know exactly what you're going through because right. I'm going through the same thing. Right. Meeting the people in the IA community. That have listened to the podcast that we've talked to, like that is like 
that is probably the best thing that's come from this. It sounds like we're quitting the podcast the way I we're know, talking, I know. but that has probably been like the best thing that has come from this podcast. I would agree. Is is just getting the opportunity to travel to these places and meet these cool people and to feel like you have any kind of little bitty influence right. on the industry in any degree is really, really, really cool. Yeah, it is so, cool. And we've um, met a ton of freaking great people, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, guys, I, I'm going to go ahead and shut this thing down. I haven't had lunch today. Bradley's Sorry. probably got to go home and deal with kids and business and everything else. I so go to dance practice. Dance practice tonight. That'll be amazing. Guys, we, I, I think I want to close this out by telling all of you how much we love you and how much we appreciate you. It's been a hell of a 2019, and it's going to be a great 2020, and we just appreciate everybody's support and their love. If there's anything we can do for you, let us know. But as I always end every podcast, get your ass out from behind that desk today. You know, you can have all the man- management systems and technology and tech stacks and AI and all this other shit, but this business is all about relationships and getting to know people and loving them up and uh, get out there today and go sell some insurance for your wife and your husband and your kids and your parents and make money for those people and enjoy the ride because one day it'll all be over with and for some of us it'll be over with before others, but enjoy it and love it. Try to minimize all the cynicism that you can get from it because we all have that from time to time and yep. it's hard to it's hard some days and we understand that. But make money for your family, write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Uh-huh. Appreciate it, guys. Guys, we love you and we'll talk to you soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys Podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.